your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Now, you heard a clip of the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, on Live 95 News there at 11 with Maxine. Helen McEntee was in Limerick yesterday. She met with staff and Ukrainian refugees at the new Ukraine Support Centre in Limerick. It's a one-stop shop based at the NGO Centre on Dominic Street to assist Ukrainians in getting set up with essential support. Let's listen to the whole interview. Minister Helen McEntee was chatting there to Maxine. I wanted to come down and meet the team on the first day of opening of this uh, essentially one-stop shop. So delighted to be here with my colleague, Senator Maria Byrne. Um, we've seen the success of the one-stop shop in Dublin Airport. So Ukrainian families, individuals who are flying in, they can talk directly to members from my own department, Justice, Social Protection, Tusla, where it's needed, uh, members from the HSC, uh, and essentially get what they need straight away. So that's their PPS number, which allows them access uh, financial supports and services, but also to get the temporary protection letter, which essentially gives them that reassurance that they're able to stay and that they can access all of those supports. What we found, obviously, while the vast majority of people are still coming in through Dublin Airport, there are many other ports as well. So we have Shannon, we have Ross Lair, um, and as people are now getting settled within those regions and here in Limerick and beyond, uh, we felt it was important to have that similar experience, that one-stop shop. Uh, and it's only open this morning, and I think we already have had about 60 people in. So that just shows you there, there's a need and there's a, a want for it. Obviously, the big issue in terms of this is housing for, for Ukraine refugees coming into the country. Do you think people should be uh, paid to uh, offer their holiday homes, their rented accommodation, their, their, their private homes for refugees? Well, look, I think we need to explore all options, and that's exactly what we're doing. Um, the immediate need was to make sure that when people came in they had accommodation uh, and so the vast majority of people are in hotels and B&Bs uh, we have over 13,300 people to date have actually been given accommodation and then you have other people who've come in privately and have come in based on connections that they had family or otherwise of course that's not sustainable in the long term so this is where we have the Red Cross and the over 25,000 25,000 uh, offers that have come in to date um, I suppose it takes time to go through those offers um, there were challenges that were Facing just in terms of the type of accommodation, what's um, what's suitable, I suppose. But also, I think people perhaps, you know, uh, when they realise that this is maybe not short term, that this is potentially for, for longer term, uh, then obviously it can have an impact on people's decision to do this. Um, there are costs, obviously, if somebody is staying in your home, if they're going to use your home, be it a holiday home or otherwise. Uh, and I think the Taoiseach was clear over the weekend that we will explore all options. And if that means potentially providing some form of financial assistance, be it to people uh, in their home or people who have given up an entire property, then that's something that I think we probably will consider. What type of emergency accommodation do you think uh, will be put on offer by the government? Will it be quick uh, uh, modular homes or will there be something else offered? So again, we're exploring all options. So uh, the, the Airbnbs and the, the B&Bs and the hotels at the moment um, are, have been our main focus. But yes, looking at quicker bills, modular bills. Uh, we know that the Minister for Housing is meeting with developers and, and the construction sector today just even to look at what they might be able to provide. We know that we're reaching out to religious institutions. We have a lot of old buildings that would have been used to house our priests and nuns uh, in years gone by. So how can we make the most of the accommodation that's there, but also how can we use uh, land in 
saying that, obviously, we need to make sure that we can continue with our housing for all policy, which is our our, our, our policy to make sure that we, we have uh, 25,000 plus or 30, 35,000 plus houses built uh, every year. With these one-stop shops, there's been quite a quick response in getting uh, Ukrainian refugees set up with you know PPS numbers and different different facilities that they require. The question is with the quick response we've had we can see that we can put our heads together for this and maybe it's something that can be considered for other refugees that have been coming in you know where they're still waiting months and uh, sometimes years to be set up well look i think there's two elements to that firstly we have just come out of or we're sorry still coming out of the pandemic and really we were able to come together in a way that i don't think we ever have before so even in our community response all of our councils um stood up these community forums where we had groups coming together to support vulnerable people in our communities to reach out and we've now stood up those same community groups to make sure that ukrainian families and individuals coming into our towns and villages that they are supported not just financially and with accommodation but the other types of support that you need to integrate with schools and and other types of supports. The second piece, um, I suppose separate to someone seeking international protection which is a longer term, uh, I suppose, request what we're talking about here is in temporary protection. Um, it's an EU directive that's never been used before and the intention and I think for the vast majority of people is that they don't want to be here, they haven't sought to come here, they will, will, will want to go home, whereas someone seeking international protection, that's always going to be a slightly longer process. In saying that, there are definitely lessons to be learned. My own department uh, that deal with the immigration process, the visa process, um, we're doing a huge amount of work trying to learn lessons from how we're applying this now, but also in terms of upgrading our system, so moving to a more online system how we can process applications quicker and that in itself will give people a much greater clarity much sooner. I mean you know, in years gone by people were years in direct provision waiting for answers that's much quicker now and we want to make it even shorter. Can you talk to us about the response in the Midwest and Limerick regarding Ukrainians coming to Ireland and why Limerick has been chosen as another one-stop shop? Well, quite simply I think it's been a fantastic response. Um, Not only Limerick We've seen significant numbers, but also in Clare in the last few weeks. Uh, And I suppose it's because of those numbers um, that we decided the one-stop shop was necessary. Uh, I've spoken to a number of colleagues, Maria here, but also Martin Conway, Kieran O'Donnell and and, and Brian and others, who, I suppose, flagged the situation on the ground and highlighted the fact that there were increasing numbers um, and that obviously that support was necessary through the one-stop shop. So we're, we're continuously reviewing the situation. We're continuously looking to see where we can provide that additional support and in some instances our team here have actually gone out to where you have large numbers of people um, and offered that one-stop shop uh, support where they are in the hotels and, and in the towns and in the villages particularly where there are higher numbers. Minister Helen McEntee speaking to reporters in Limerick yesterday including our own Maxine Bramley. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.